0: Exodus chapter number three. If you found it, say praise the Lord. Verses one through five. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father in law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire. Out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him. Out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And he said, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Verse number three, Moses said, I will now turn aside and see. And verse 4 said, "When when the Lord saw, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him. Lord, I pray, God, for your anointing to be on me to preach your word. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to anoint our ears to hear. God, I bind every power of darkness that would try to hinder the move and the work of your spirit today every distraction that may be sent to get our mind off of what you're trying to speak to us. I pray, God, for you to confirm your word with signs following, and I ask you, Lord Jesus, to have your way in this place, Lord. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. When I was a young teenager, probably 13 or 14 years old or so, The church that I grew up in was part of a camp meeting that we went to every year. I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I remember one particular year there was a minister that came. And he preached a very powerful series of services. I'll be honest with you, I don't really remember the text I don't really remember the Bible stories he used. I don't really remember very much of what he said exactly, but two of his titles stand out predominantly in my mind. One was if you want to be big and you want to be bad, you've got to be bold. Amen, and I never forgot it. The second one is one that I have had in my mind I told the difference makers this morning, it's not probably been more than, than two, three weeks at a time that goes by where I don't think about this sermon I heard from some 35 plus years ago. I don't remember the text, I don't remember the stories, I don't remember exactly where it came from, but I remember his title was Out of the Ordinary and Into the Extraordinary. This sermon title has stuck with me now for over 35 years and in recent days, that phrase has gone over and over in my mind, out of the ordinary, into the extraordinary. I will tell you this morning that I have borrowed his title. If I remembered his sermon, I might've borrowed the whole thing. But I believe with deep conviction this morning, that God has given a mandate to Bethlehem Church it is our calling it is our obligation to live beyond ordinary the word ordinary by definition means not different or special in any way it's usual with no special or distinctive features normal what is commonplace The word extraordinary means very unusual or remarkable, unusually great. I will tell you this morning that Moses was a remarkable person who had an opportunity to be merely ordinary. He was illegally saved from death as a baby. Pharaoh had decreed that all Hebrew boys two years and under be killed. And his mother, not willing to follow that law, built a small boat, the Bible called it an ark. She built a boat just big enough for that little baby boy. And in defiance of Pharaoh's law, she put this baby in the little boat in the Nile River. It was by divine providence that he was found by Pharaoh's very own daughter who took compassion on him, and took her as her own son. He was educated in Egypt as part of the royal family, yet because of circumstances, Moses is forced to flee to the desert to try to survive. It's in this desert that Moses spends the next 40 years of his life attached to a man by the name of Jethro, the Bible says that he marries Jethro's daughter and Moses becomes a sheep herder for his father-in-law. Sheep herding is among the oldest of occupations. It is known to have began at least 5,000 years ago. Shepherds lived apart from society. They were forced to wander from pasture to pasture to find food and water for the flock. It was in some countries where shepherding, because it was so isolated and lonely, became a job given to convicts and to servants. On a good day, on a good day, being a shepherd was a boring job. I'll tell you, most jobs are better when they're boring. Amen. Amen. It's much better to have a boring day as a shepherd than it is to have to fight a lion or a bear off. And on a good day, being a shepherd was a boring job. Only when there was trouble was there really anything exciting to do. The shepherd longed for boring days. Moses was a sheep herder for his father-in-law, one of the oldest and most mundane Ordinary jobs that anyone could have. A life of isolation and boredom. Here is Moses. He's a shepherd in the desert. But God knows that there's more than that inside of Moses. Moses had no idea what was really inside of him. But God saw that there was a deliverer inside of Moses. Amen. Moses is a realist. He knows that he has a serious limitation. God told Moses what to do, and Moses' response to God was, I am slow of speech. I have a speech impediment. I can't talk. You you need to call somebody else because I can't talk right. The rabbinical scholars determined that Moses most likely had some sort of a speech impediment. The Midrash, which was a uh, companion to the scripture written by some, uh, some rabbis and Jewish scholars. The Midrash claimed that somehow Moses' tongue was burned on a hot coal when he was just an infant and it made him unable to speak clearly for the rest of his life. Regardless of what it was, it was clear that Moses couldn't talk very plainly. It's amazing that God knew that Moses had a speech impediment, yet God called Moses anyway. God knew he had limitations and weaknesses, but God called him anyway. Not only did God, God call Moses, but the most important part about Moses' job was talking. At least 70 times in the Bible, God commanded Moses, to speak. Regardless of any impediment that he may have had, he was God's chosen leader. Amen. And God wanted Moses to deliver his word. As a matter of fact, the one major mistake that Moses made in his life, the one that cost him to not make it into the promised land, was when when God told Moses to speak to the rock And Moses refused to speak. When God told him to speak and Moses didn't, it cost Moses his destiny. God knew Moses' limitations. But God also knew that when Moses spoke, everybody would know it wasn't by Moses' speech power. It wasn't by his eloquence. It was by the power of God's word that stuff began to happen. God didn't choose someone with perfect diction and tone. He chose a man who couldn't speak properly so that everybody would know that when God moves, it's not because of Moses, it's because of God. In Moses' mind, he was just a shepherd who didn't have what it took to do what God wanted him to do. But he had one thing going for him. Moses was walking in the right direction. Praise God. In Exodus chapter number 3 and verse number 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Moses led the flock toward the mountain of God. Good things come to people who set the right direction for their life. Amen. If you'll set the right direction for your life, God will make sure that good things come to you. If you'll set yourself towards a high place in God, God will find you and God will bless you and God will move for you. But you got to set the right direction in your life. Moses aimed himself toward the mountain of God. And when you aim yourself towards God, good things happen in your life. Amen. And so Moses spent 40 years working as a shepherd, one boring day after another. Now think about it, 40 years of this, uh, of this time in Moses' life, 40 years that he's serving as a shepherd, that is, is 14,400 days. If you want to be more specific, it's 345,600 hours. If you'd like a little bit more specificity, that's 20,736,000 minutes of ordinary, average, boring, usual, common, same thing, day after day, morning after morning, hour after hour, 40 years. Now think about All we know about Moses and over this span of his life, over this 40 year span of his life, we only know about one day of that whole 40 years. That whole season of Moses' life is summed up by what happened on one day. That means Moses had 14,399 boring days. 14,399 days when there was nothing worth talking about and nothing worth telling about and nothing worth writing about day after day that there's nothing to say about Moses' life. I mean, what are you gonna say? I woke up, I put on my robe, I put on my sandals, I grabbed my staff, I herded sheep. I got done, I went to bed, I got up the next morning, I put on my robe, I put on my sandals, I got my staff. I herded sheep. 40 years, 14,399 days of routine, average, ordinary, common, boring, usual until the 14,400th day. On this day, Moses wakes up. He puts on his robe. He puts on his sandals. He gets his staff. He leads the sheep out. But before Moses makes it back home that night, something dramatic has happened in the life of Moses. Forty years of ordinary. Forty years of not different or special in any way. Usual. No special or distinctive features. What is normal or commonplace. But that one day in those 40 years changed everything about Moses and everything about history and everything about what we know about worshiping God. And it all happened in one day in Moses' life. I doubt Moses woke up that morning expecting it to be any different from the day before and the day before that. I doubt Moses woke up that morning and said, today is going to be the day that changes everything. There is no indication... That Moses knew that he was in a holy place. God said, You're on holy ground, but Moses had no idea until this moment. It was at this place, at this very place where Moses saw the burning bush, that a few years later, God was gonna bring him back to that place. And at that place, God was gonna have him smite a rock. And water would come out of the rock. But Moses didn't know that that was a water out of the rock place. A a little bit after that, God was going to call Moses up to the mountain. And God was going to give him tables engraved with his own finger. That was the word of God. But Moses didn't know that was coming to that place. It was that same place where God brought Israel back to in Exodus 33. And he said, now look, y'all look too much like the Egyptians. I've let you all look like Egyptians for so long. He said, but now it's time for you to take your jewelry off because you look more like Egyptians than you do Hebrews. So take your jewelry off and leave it here and let's go on and serve me the way I want you to serve me. (laughs) Amen. So if you think about, uh, some of you got a little uncomfortable there, but it'll be all right. You'll be okay. The word of God is still the word of God. So you think about this one place. Moses saw the fire, got the water, got called to a higher place in holiness, and got the word from God. All that at this place. And Moses has no idea that where he's standing is going to have all of that effect on the future. Amen. Amen. Did I lose you all that holiness? Is Is that where you got off the train? Is when I started challenging what this world wants you to look like? Instead of what God wants you to look like? Is that where we jumped off the bus? Do I need to put it in reverse and get back there? Moses didn't know. It was just ordinary. But now, on this day, God is is, is watching. The Bible said in Exodus 2 and 21, here's what it says. And Moses... Was content to dwell with the man. Talking about his father-in-law. And he gave Moses Zipporah his daughter. Moses was content. Satisfied. I'm happy. Just being a shepherd. Just having one boring day after another. Good enough for me. He is, that that word content in the original, it means to, to acquiesce or just to accept. Moses just accepted. That's what I am. I'm just a shepherd. That's all that I am. The Strong's Dictionary says that the Hebrew word here is linked with another Hebrew word through the idea of mental weakness. In other words, Moses wasn't mentally strong enough. To push himself to be more than what he had accepted. Moses had just accepted, this is all I'm going to do. This is all I'm going to be. I'm not going to push myself for more. I'm not going to require more out of myself. I'm just going to live this way. I am content to dwell here and do this. I'm satisfied just acquiescing to what the enemy wants me to be. I'm just satisfied Being out here in the desert, in the dry place, not doing anything special for God. I'm satisfied with my routine. I'm satisfied with my everyday life. I'm satisfied with just being out here in the dry place, in the valley, in the desert. I don't need more from God. I don't need more for myself. I don't need more for my family. I'm satisfied just being right where I am. And Moses was content. Can somebody say praise the Lord? I'm about to throw a curveball to the lady in the back. And I'm going to apologize in advance. But I'm going to go back to, I, I, I knew, when man, when I was writing this sermon, I knew there's something there. I got to get to it. And I thought, no, the sermon's already long enough. And I'm going to tell you, the sermon is long enough. But it just got a little longer. Amen. Let me read that to you. Exodus 2 and 21, and Moses was content to dwell with the man. Moses is satisfied. He's mentally weak enough to just accept whatever comes my way. That's just the way it's going to be. That's just the way it is. I'll never do anything great for God. I'll never do anything great with my life. I'm just going to accept, I'm going to acquiesce to whatever life brings my way. You don't want me to preach, but I'm going to preach anyway. He was content. And then notice the very next verse. I'm sorry, the the next verse. And she bare him a son and called his name Gershon, for he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. Not only am I just going to accept it, but I'm also willing to understand I don't belong here. I'm a stranger in a strange land. I know I don't belong here, but I'm just going to accept it anyway. I know I shouldn't be where I am, but I'm going to accept it anyhow. I'm just going to just take what I know I don't belong where I am right now, but I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to accept it. My God, there's some people sitting in pews right now. You know you're not where you ought to be with God. You know you ought to be doing more for God. You know you ought to be more of a prayer warrior than you are. You know you ought to be more faithful than you've been. You know you ought to get some of that junk out of your life and live holy like you know the Bible says to. Come on, you don't want me to preach it. I'm going to preach it anyway. You know you don't belong where you are. You know you shouldn't be living the way you're living. You know you shouldn't be talking the way you're talking. You know you shouldn't be singing what you're singing and saying what you're saying. But I'm content. Just let me live my life. Preacher, quit preaching at me. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, preacher. You keep preaching holiness, I'm just going to quit coming to church. Because I'm not going to change what I want to do. I'm a stranger. I know I don't belong where I am, but I'm just accepting it. I'm just going to live that way. I'm going to let the devil tell me how to lay out of church every Wednesday night. I'm going to let the devil tell me I don't need to come on Sunday night. I'm going to let the devil turn me into a Sunday morning only Christian. Wow. Hallelujah. Amen. I know I don't belong here, but that's just the way I'm going to be. And Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses Zipporah his daughter, and she bare him a son and called his name Gershom, for he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. And while Moses is just being being Moses, just content to dwell, just content to be, Coasting along in life. Notice what the, the next verse came and It came to pass in the process of time. The king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried and their cry came up to God by the reason of bondage. And God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God had respect unto them. Moses, while you're coasting. Your family's in bondage. Moses, while you're just getting by, in Egypt your family's bound by the enemy. Moses, while you're just satisfied being a stranger in a strange land, living where you don't belong you don't even understand that there's a whole family of people down there in Egypt that are waiting for you to get yourself together and get yourself where you're supposed to be but you can't because you're too satisfied with living an ordinary life just being like everybody else on the line at work being like everybody else in the school class being like everybody else that's in your neighborhood i'm satisfied just being like everybody else i'm satisfied with ordinary i'm content to be in a place where I don't belong. I'm content to live a life I shouldn't be living. Because, but I don't understand that there's a whole family of people out there that are waiting for me to get tired of the ordinary and the average and the mundane. There's a whole family out there that's waiting for me to get it together. And while I'm sitting out here counting sheep, there's somebody else making bricks for Pharaoh. Can I just go ahead and make it as plain as I can while some of us just show up for church and never do anything for God? There's people out there shooting up dope that you're supposed to reach, but you won't because you're too satisfied being ordinary. Some of you ought to be teaching Bible studies and bringing people out of alcoholism, but you're too satisfied just being a church member. Ordinary, ordinary, ordinary. God, hey, I understand already. I know some of you are texting and, and looking up stuff online, on your phone, working on your shopping list and everything else because you don't want to hear what I'm preaching because you like your ordinariness. That word content, it also means to be foolish. Foolish. You've got greatness inside of you, but you're satisfied with ordinary. Folks, we can be a good church or we can be a great church. You can be a good Christian or you can be a great Christian. You can be an average, ordinary, or you can be a world changer. Amen. There is constant heavy pressure to get you to join the herd of mediocrity. Amen. There's pressure. I'm telling you right now, there's pressure on me. Just lighten up, just ease up, just take it easy. Come on, just back off. Don't be so hard on the folks, but I'm gonna tell you, I've come with a mandate from God. God's trying to push us to another level. God's trying to push us to another place in him. God's not satisfied with you being satisfied and God's not content with you being content. God's trying to light a fire under you right now and tell you there's more inside of you than what you've realized. God doesn't want you to always be up and down. God doesn't want you cold, dead, and indifferent. God doesn't want you wandered from it. He wants you full of His Spirit. <laughs> Lift your hands all over this place. God, release me to preach how I feel right now. God, give me the boldness to tell what you've told me today. There's a constant, heavy pressure. To get you to join the herd of mediocrity. Robin Sharma said quote. There is a seduction into mediocrity. Too many have become card carrying members. Of the cult of average. I don't know if he's a preacher or not. But he missed a good chance to be. There is a seduction into mediocrity. Mediocrity is a seductive. It, it, it gives the image of a, of, a, of a prostitute that's trying to seduce somebody. There's a seductive. Come on, be mediocre. Be average. Be ordinary. And he said too many have become card-carrying members of the cult of average. Think about that phrase, the cult of average. If I step out of the ordinary, people will think I've lost my mind. If I step out of the ordinary, people will think I'm weird. Can I, can I, can I go ahead and step out just one little step further? And, and my, 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 my girls aren't so little anymore, okay? But when they were little and they'd play church, and, and we, they would have church in the house, and when they were playing church and they were having worship service, they never played like this. They never played like that because average is not the goal for anyone. When it was time to play worship, Sister Jean, they did this. Amen. They did like Brother Kaiser used to do the window washer. Because, Because average doesn't make an impact on anybody. anybody can be average anybody can be ordinary if you want to be remembered do something worth being remembered for i'd rather kids make fun of me worshiping than when i died nobody even remembers if i showed up or not You want to be remembered, make a difference. You want to be remembered, change the tenor of a church service. Be one that steps out and does something. Be someone that leaves a mark that little kids can look at and says, that's what a worshiper looks like. Amen. 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 There's been lots of people. There's been lots of people in and out of the church. There's been a lot of people in and out. But I'm going to tell you one I remember. I remember a little 80-year-old preacher man that used to run the aisles in a little black suit. And if nobody would run with him, he'd grab somebody by the hand and he'd shuffle off with him. Hey, I don't remember the ones that just sat there. I don't remember the ones that never made a difference. But I remember the ones that did something extraordinary. You've got to get out of the cult of average. You've got to get out of the cult of ordinary. You've got to bust your way out of that pressure to just blend in with everybody else. Hallelujah. The pressure to be average, ordinary, mediocre pushes us into the herd. Let me tell you, when you get to the last hour of your last day, What's going to break your heart will not be the things that you did, but the things you left undone wasted opportunities. You'll discover how unimportant the pressure to be like everyone else was. Moses got to Horeb, the mountain of God, and he saw something that was an invitation to the extraordinary. Exodus chapter number three and verse number two, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire. And the bush was not consumed. Moses did not know that day number fourteen hundred and four or fourteen thousand. I'm gonna have trouble with that the whole morning long. But you know, when I say when I say it wrong, you know I mean fourteen thousand four hundred. Moses didn't know that day fourteen thousand four hundred was gonna be an invitation to the extraordinary. He woke up like every other day, he put his sandals on like every other day. He got a shepherd staff like every other day. He gathered the sheep like every other day. But God had decided that that day would not be like every other day. Moses sees what's happening and he has a decision to make. I can stay where I am or I can change my direction and go towards the fire. I can stay static and content where I've always been doing what I've always done and I can just pass by my opportunity or I can veer my way towards the fire of God and I can change my destiny and my direction. May I tell everybody in this house and everyone watching online right now that you have a decision to make today. Stay where you are or change your direction. You can live ordinary or you can live extraordinary. You can live average or you can live in the presence and the power of God. There's a call today. There's a mandate today on Bethlehem Church to be more than what we've been, to go further than where we've gone, to reach higher than we've reached before. There's a call coming on every pew here. God is tapping on the shoulder of every young person, every member, every guest, every man, every woman, and saying, are you happy with average? Are you happy with ordinary? Or are you hungry for more? God, I'm hungry. God, I'm hungry. God, I'm hungry. Exodus 3 3 and 3, and Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. The New Living Translation says, this is Amazing. Moses said to himself, Why isn't that bush burning up? Lotus' phrase, I must go see it. I must go see it. I got to go and discover what God is doing in this burning bush. I can't stay here in the ordinary space, I can't stay here in the common, the average, and the usual. I'm dissatisfied, I'm dissatisfied with the ordinary. Amen. God didn't let me be spared from Pharaoh to be content in the desert. God didn't save me in that little tiny boat in the crocodile-filled Nile River just for me to live out my life in ordinary, average. God didn't allow me to be delivered just so I can be ordinary, living my boring, old, ordinary shepherd life. I can step out of the ordinary and into the extraordinary. I'm telling you right now that this church is not called to be ordinary and average. Amen. I, I understand. We have people, we have people from all over the world that watch our, that watch our broadcast on, on live and YouTube and other, however they watch it, I, had, I was at youth convention. I had a bunch of people coming up, and they were commenting that they watch our services. I've, I've received messages sometimes while I'm preaching from missionaries and people on the other side of the world that are watching live. And so what I'm getting ready to say is not necessarily for them because I'm, I, in the end, I'm not called to pastor them. I'm called to pastor you. And I'm going to tell you, God didn't call this church to be an ordinary church. God didn't call this congregation just to be ordinary. Amen. God didn't put this church where it is, how it is, just so we can get by and coast and go on. But this church can't be anything above ordinary if the people accept ordinary. So what I'm trying to do is to get somebody to say, I can do more. I can be more. I got to push myself. I got to push myself out of ordinary. I'm sorry if it offends some if you heard my message Wednesday night, you know I'm not trying to offend anybody. But we're not called to be like every other place. Can I, can I tell the truth here? Here's why some people are so dissatisfied and discouraged. Because you're trying to be ordinary when God's called you to be extraordinary. You have to step out of the ordinary into the extraordinary. I must go see it. I got to change my direction. I got to get out of my normal 14,400 day routine. If I'm going to see what God's trying to show me, I, I got to get out of my ritual and my routine and I, I got I to change some stuff to get me closer to where that fire is. Here's the truth that God orchestrated that moment to get Moses to make a decision. I've watched people get on fire for God and then fizzle out because they allowed the cult of average to convert them. I've seen young men and women with callings on their lives start to do something powerful for God only to see them step away because they rejoin the cult of average, the cult of ordinary. But God is calling you. God is calling us out of the ordinary into the extraordinary. It's time, folks. You've been in the desert long enough. You'll never be spiritually content if you don't change your direction. I'm tired of the pressure coming from the ordinary. Quiet down, sit down, simmer down, settle down, calm down. You notice the direction of all those statements is down. The cult of average is trying to keep you ordinary. I'm tired of pressure coming from down. I'm ready for some upward pressure. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you, you better not try to get people to skip church to hang out with you when they're supposed to be here. It'd be better for you to have a millstone around your neck and cast into the sea. If you're going to sin, then you sin by yourself, but don't try to get other people to sin with you. If you're going to wear it, you wear it, but don't try to get somebody else to wear it too. If you're going to sing it, you sing it, but don't try to get somebody else to sing it. And if you're going to say it, say it if you want to, but don't try to get somebody else to say it too. I'm tired of the pressure coming from down. I'm ready for someone to be pressured up. (laughs) Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider one another. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Come on, Brother Austin, you can do it. You can still teach Bible studies. You can do a work. Devin, I believe in you, buddy. I believe you can do whatever God's called you to do. I believe God's hand is on you amen let me tell you I want to provoke you to do good works don't you ever quit if you stick out from everybody in your world and they think you're a wacko a weirdo and you've lost your mind then you just step out of the ordinary into the extraordinary you just keep working for God Let me tell you, you guys are not called to be like any other youth group in America. You're called to be world changers, difference makers. Don't you let yourself get carnal. Come on, boys. Come on, boys. Come on. Come on. Come on. Amen. Walk with me a little bit. Walk with me a little bit. Let me tell you, you're not called to be like everybody else. Just because everybody else your age sleeps around and, and and sex messages to people doesn't mean that's what you're supposed to do. Just because they've got other priorities, they'd rather play ball, they'd rather do this and do that. You be in church. You be faithful to the house of God. You live for God. Don't let the cult of average. Don't let the cult of average get a hold. of Anybody? Not, hey, come on, girls. You can. You. Come on, girls. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm telling you, you were not called. Bethlehem was not called to be ordinary average. You weren't called to shout on Sunday and tell dirty jokes on Monday. You weren't called to shout on Sunday and talk in tongues and then backslide all week long till you drag yourself back. You got to resist. You got to resist. What you got to do is you got to provoke one another. Come on, we can do something for God. Come on, we can work for God. Come on, we can do something for God. Amen, Brother Michael, I believe in you, buddy. I believe in you, buddy. Amen. I went to, can I preach about you for a minute? You guys can do whatever you want to do. But backslide. I'll kick your tail with the love of the Lord if you try to backslide. Amen, am I allowed to say that? Too late, I already did. I ain't taking it back. I went to Brother Michael's grandmother's funeral in St. Louis. He lost, you lost your mother. Your father and your grandmother in less than a year, right? Amen, brother Michael. New convert, come out of a lot of addiction, a lot of stuff in his life. I had had a rough life. Amen. God found a way to get him here to the house of God. Amen, brother Michael. I went to your I went to your grandmother's funeral, and I walked and and look now now I'm chronically early for everything. Amen. I, I I had I was there an hour before it was supposed to start. I'm chronically, if I can be there early, I'll be early. And everybody else there was chronically late. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm just sitting there in the in the building just by myself, me and the funeral director. And, and I'm just waiting to see what, and, and I see people start coming in. And I'm like, yeah, that, that, that kind of looks familiar. And the, the, the ladies started coming in. And they came in with their long skirts and their long hair. And, uh, and I thought, well, that kind of looks, and then I noticed the name tag that his grandmother was a prayer director in an old-fashioned apostolic church in inner city St. Louis. Amen. I asked Brother Michael, I said, did you know that 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 church was just like our church? He said, I didn't know. I'm going to tell you who did know. God knew that five hours from where he grew up, he needed to have a church that would rescue him. Brother, Brother Michael, God didn't do that because you don't have anything good in you. God did it because you got greatness inside of you. I believe in you, but you can't settle for ordinary and average. You can't settle for just being like everybody else. That's why I'm glad. Hey, Brother Michael's had some struggles, but he keeps on coming to church. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Let's not stop where we are. Let's keep on going. Let's keep on moving. God has not called us to ordinary and average God has not called us to average. I wish somebody'd praise God right now. I wish somebody'd praise the Lord right now. You gotta break out of ordinary. You gotta break out of ordinary. You gotta break out of ordinary. Some of you would like to stand right now, but you're afraid of what somebody will think about you. You've been sitting so long that it feels weird to stand there and preach. And you ought to stand right now anyway and say, I'm breaking out of that routine I've been in. I'm breaking out of that rut I've been in. I'm getting out of the ordinary, and I'm getting into the extraordinary. you got to provoke one another to good works got to push each other. Let's go higher. Let's go forward. Let's do more. We got to provoke one another. You can do it. There's greatness inside of you. There's greatness in you, Moses. You can't be satisfied here in the desert. And I feel, I felt something right now. Oh, hallelujah. I felt an angel move into this room. I felt the Spirit of the Lord commission the angel of God to come in here and touch this place with a special anointing this morning. We're not going to walk out of here and go back to ordinary, average, and mundane. I'm stepping out of the ordinary. I'm not going back to the same old routine I've been in. I'm stepping out of the ordinary. I'm stepping into something special. I'm stepping into the extraordinary. I wish somebody would open their mouth and let the Holy Ghost talk to you. Can do it you can do it you can do it there's greatness inside of you I'm, I'm, I'm trying to come to a close i knew i had a lot to preach so i asked brother ethan to to, to to get me up early now notice moses said i must turn aside to see new living translation i must go everybody say go, go. i must go Problem is that too many of us have expected God to do our part and we want to do God's part. God said, I'm going to send an angel and I'm going to start a fire. And I'm not going to let the fire burn up the bush. That's my part. Here's your part. You got to go to it. That burning bush was not going to pull its roots up out of the ground. And walk over to Moses. But they, talk about those they can do that, but they can't walk. That bush wasn't going to pull its roots up and go to Moses. If God, if Moses was going to get what he needed, it wasn't up to God to go to him. It was up to him to go to God if you're expecting God to pour more fire into your current prayer life, if you pick what what one service you want to come to or what week of the month you want to come to church and you're expecting more fire into that life, it ain't going to happen. If you don't come to church one way and go to work or school a different way, And expect God to pour more fire it ain't gonna happen you gotta leave where you are and go to where the burning bush is because the burning bush isn't gonna come to where you are Moses said I I gotta go I hey sheep I know you guys sheep you like the herd Sheep, you enjoy the herd. Sheep, you like being in the herd, but I got to go. You can stay in your little sheep herd if you want to, but I got to go because God's calling me to do something special with my life. I will now. Everybody say now. now. I will now turn aside. That's what Moses said. I will now turn aside. Can you throw that? There it is. I will now. Everybody say now well you know what pastor i'll do it next i'll do it tonight i'll come tonight with my shouting shoes on Uh i'll pastor next time we have revival next time we have evangelist so-and-so or brother so-and-so come Matt. that's that's when i you're you're a hypocrite you ain't gonna do that it's not about you buddy it's about god you come now it's time now god sent this message to you now He didn't send it next month. He sent it now. It's your time today. It's time to move yourself now. I will now. Everybody shout now. Now. Shout I will now. Don't you put it off. Don't you think when I get some stuff straightened out, oh, when I get this worked out, when I get that worked out, you need to work it out right now. It's your moment. It's your time. You can't quit. Keep putting it off. Now is your time to make your change. I'm stirred up now. I will now. I will now. I will now turn aside. I'm going right now, God. Ordinary says, if God wants me, he'll come to me. Extraordinary says, God, wherever you are, here I come. Ordinary says, God, do it on my time frame. Extraordinary says, God, whatever you want, I'm here. I'm preaching so hard, my glasses fogged up when I put them back on. Y'all about to kill me this morning. Ordinary says, if God wants me, he'll come to me. See, Moses is just living ordinary, but in Egypt, there's three million of his brethren who are employed by the enemy, building the treasure cities of Egypt, making bricks as slaves. They don't know their destiny is resting on a speech-impaired shepherd who's content in the desert. And if he continues down his ordinary path, they've got more years of brick making. Generations to die in bondage, waiting for man to finally step out of the ordinary and into the extraordinary. I must now go. Let me tell you, sir, kids aren't getting any younger, if you're going to spiritually impact their lives, you better go now. Come on, mama, if you don't teach your kids about holiness and faithfulness and worship and prayer and soul winning, you got to go now. This world's not slowing down to let us catch up later. This world, the devil's not planning on, on mellowing out to give us a chance to get our kids before it's over. I must go now. I got to get it together now. I'm going to tell you this. Moses wasn't waiting on God. God was waiting on Moses. God had set it up. Notice verse number four, Exodus three and four. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see God was. Craig, God was watching. Brother Patton, God was watching. Brother Danny, God was watching. God had orchestrated this whole thing, Brother Ron. God was standing there, and he knew Moses was going to go right by that path that led off to the burning bush. And God is watching to see what Moses is going to do. Is he going to stay in the ordinary, or is he going to veer off path? to the extraordinary. And he's watching. Trevor, God's watching to see the decision that Moses is going to make right here. And all of their destiny depends. Three million people in bondage. Three million people waiting to see what Moses is going to do. And God's watching Eli and God What's Moses gonna do? Is he gonna just keep walking the same old ordinary path? Is he gonna live in the same rut and routine he's been in? Or is he gonna turn aside to see this great sight? And God is watching you, Will. For the Benny, God's watching you. For the Jamie, God's watching. Hayden, God's watching you. God's watching to see going to turn brother Ethan God's watching? Are they going to, are we, are we going to just keep going in the way we've been going or are we going to make a turn towards the extraordinary? And when the Lord saw, let me just tell you, God's going to see if you step to the altar, if you step to the vestibule. God's watching. And when he says, the Bible said, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him. Peyton, God didn't call him when he was on the path of the ordinary. God silently stood by and watched him when he was on the path of the ordinary. But as soon as he stepped out of the ordinary into the extraordinary, God said, Moses. And God called him because he took a step. Well, God, if you'll call me, I'll take a step. You're lying. You ain't gonna do it. God, if you'll call me, I'll do something. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. When God The Lord saw that Moses turned aside out of the ordinary into the extraordinary. Then God called and said, Moses. There's a call for this church today. But it's only a call for those who are willing to step out of the ordinary. And into the extraordinary callings come from people who move closer to the fire not keep a distance from the fire oh god i preach my heart god more than that i feel like i preached your heart i feel like i preached what you're trying to tell us today god god i can preach it but i can't make them step out of the ordinary God, I can push and I can agitate and I can sit and I can preach and I can do some by promises and some by compelling. God, I, I, I've tried, I've tried today, God, to aggravate people out of ordinary. God, I preach what you've given me to preach and I feel like your spirit is moving here, but God, I can't make anybody step out of the ordinary and into the extraordinary. God, that's got to come from within the individual. God, I want to break away from the cult of average. God, I want to break away from the cult of ordinary. God, I want to break out of the routine and the rut that I've been in. I want to break out of the ritual I've been in. I want to break out of the ordinary. God, I want to, I'm tired of the desert. I'm tired, oh God, of the valley. I'm ready for the mountain of God. I'm ready to step aside, oh God, and see the glory of God. Come on, you ought to be praying right now. God, I'm gonna step aside to see. God, I'm gonna step out of the ordinary. I'm not gonna go back this afternoon to the same old routine I've been in. I'm gonna find a way, whether it's 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 a a, a season of prayer, whether it's calling somebody, inviting them to church, or teaching the Bible, I gotta do something to get out of the ordinary, to into the extraordinary. I gotta push myself out from my routine into somewhere that God's called me to be. Oh God, I wanna step out. I wanna step out. God this church is standing we're standing on the precipice of a great breakthrough. We've seen we've seen in the last 2 years nearly 200 people baptized but there's a whole lot mef- before us and there is behind us but we got to press. I press toward the mark. I press toward the mark. I'm pushing. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. God I'm reaching for you. I'm reaching for you God. Come on is anybody is are there any reachers in the house today? Are there any reachers that are saying, God, I'm stepping out of what routine I've been in and I'm calling on you, God? I'm stepping towards the fire. I'm stepping towards you. Come on, you got to open your mouth and you got to pray. You got to say, God, I'm tired of the ordinary. I don't want to go back to the routine and the ritual and the rut. I'm stepping out of my ordinary and God, I'm stepping. I'm stepping forward into the extraordinary. Oh, God, come on. There ought to be some wailing in the altar right now. You got to step aside. You got to step aside. You got to step out of your routine. If what you're doing right now is your routine, you got to step out of it. I got to get out of my ordinary. Oh God, I want more. I want more. I want more. God, I want more. I want more of you. I want that fire, God. I want to hear your voice. Call out my name, God. I want to hear you speak to me in the desert place of my life. I'm not content anymore. I'm not content with the ordinary. I'm not content with the mundane and the average. Oh, God, that's that's starting to take root now. Oh, that's right. Come on, call on God. God, I want
1: more
0: God, I want more
1: God, I want more of you I need it, God Oh God, I need it,
0: Lord You ought to link up with somebody and say, come on, let's press Let's press to a higher place Let's push each other to pray more Let's push each other to do more Let's link up to do something for God. I'm stepping out of the ordinary. I'm,
1: I'm stepping into the extraordinary. I'm not satisfied. Come on, sing it. Let's sing it boldly.
0: Sing it boldly. Come on, sing. It's time for us to, we're too timid right now.
1: I'm not satisfied.
0: Timidity is a sign of a lack of passion step out boldly right now.
2: that take over the world because everyone else has the attitude of mediocre well i mean they're they're just going to fizzle away they're going to do their thing and then they'll go away well they end up being the ones that rule the world because they take authority and power it's time the apostolic church rise up get tired of the mediocre we need to be the bold ones we need to be authoritative. Take the power that we have in the name of Jesus and bind things that are in our lives and cast out the things that, that are destroying our lives and our families. kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. We should be forceful in what we do in the kingdom of heaven, amen? Get tired of the mediocre. Get tired of the same old mundane things. have an announcement to make uh there will be many of you know about the tornadoes that came through uh destroyed a lot of places i think from arkansas all the way through kentucky i believe it was a record tornado um, destroyed many places but in particular we are taking up uh what is the name of this town i don't have it listed here mayfield thank you mayfield kentucky The announcement is truck will be uh, there until Tuesday at the parts store at Potts Camp. We need bottled water, canned goods, meals ready to eat, ramen, noodles, etc., personal hygiene. Any cash donated will be converted to food and water and delivered to Kentucky. The entire city of Mayfield is without water, and it could be weeks before running water is restored, so... Let's do what the church is supposed to do and reach out to our communities. I know this is further away, but they still need our help. Uh, they need the nation's help right now. So we're there with that a lot. Again, that's Tuesday. Uh, they will be there until Tuesday at the parts store at Potts Camp. You can't miss it if you go to town. You know where it's at. Across from uh, Dollar General in the bank there. Uh, so let's remember that. Let's also remember we have that meeting directly after service. Anybody? Involved with production team or has been in the past, previous members of the production team, or if you're interested in being a member of the production team, we have a meeting directly after. And food is provided. Your families are invited as well to come with you. Amen. Let's remember to bring our tithes unto the Lord, and we'll go before the Lord in dismissal. God, we thank you for your many blessings all that you've done for us, Lord, we pray, God, that you would help us to apply this spoken word into our hearts, into our lives, and to take it with us as we go our separate ways, and we give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.